This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You're listening to I Hate the Fins. This is episode number 25 with the Finsider Radio Podcast Network. Big 25. <clears throat> we're, uh, we're a quarter of all the way to 100, I guess. I don't know what, what other kind of big milestone 25 says. It feels feels important, though. My name is Keith. I'm joined by my co-host, Zach. Um, I've done a crummy job of keeping up with our podcast as of late, as I've mentioned on the show a couple of times i'm currently in the process of moving and i have an eight month year old or eight month old eight month old <clears throat> eight month old so things are a little chaotic right now but as after the first week of june well, i'm on vacation after the first week of june after the middle of june things will subside and we'll get to a more regular schedule unfortunately it's kind of the doldrums of the the nfl season as you wait for training camps to begin at that point you're just counting things down in the meantime we're fortunate because in in the midst of spending a lot of time arguing whether josh rosen sucks or not whether that was a good deal spoiler alert of course it was we have the new york jets to thank for keeping things interesting for us keeping things lively reminding us that it's important to laugh every so often and if you're talking about the jets pretty much every day every hour uh zach what in the hell are the new york jets doing i mean they're just doing what the jets have done but i mean at the same time it's hard to to really give them that much flack because the dolphins have done some dumb nonsense before too but this is like a new level of stupid it feels like it i just don't understand why I, I get why they kept McCagnan through the draft process, but at the same time, like they sh- re- realistically should have fired the whole building come week eight or nine of last season and then got into it. Um, you know, there's that whole philosophy of don't fire your, your scouting staff after the season. Cause they already did all that work on players and you don't want to start fresh that late before the draft. Um, but that's that's a really tough sell, in my opinion, especially when you go as long as they did, and now you're firing people for no reason, to be honest. And and why at at this juncture? 
because I mean, it's Adam Gase with essentially the Jedi mind trick. He goes in there and you have to assume this is the kind of control that he sought in Miami. And I'm sure that this had a had a hand in him seeing the door when a lot of people thought he might be safe um, on New Year's Eve, <clears throat> when, which is when he got canned. But he's their interim GM now. Yeah, I, I mean, it's crazy. At the end of the day, Gase, it's so hard to put it all together. And like, why, why would you give the guy that even seemed like your third choice as your head coach all the, the keys to the car here? Um, you know, and, and now that he's already making players upset, you know, Bell, that he didn't want him or at least didn't want to pay him that much. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense, regardless if they bring in Douglas or not. Um, it's it's a wild move. I just feel like it's going to get worse for them, too. I mean, if you're a Dolphins fan, you just sit back and love that. But I, I didn't understand. I thought it was a gag yesterday when that, that news came through that they fired Mike McCagnon. Because, I mean, I understand firing him if they underperform like you mentioned, if you're going to fire him, your your GM, it would have made sense to do it halfway through last season, even with the scouting and everything. But I don't know. Like it's I, wild I because they had McCagnon pick Gase essentially. Yeah. So like at that point, if your owner's not picking, how do you let the the coach that your GM that you just fired? take over like i just don't understand that process at all no it's like a wwe double cross where mike mccagnon picks him and then adam gase like turns around and hits him over the head with a chair or something and that's that so uh, uh, yeah he's the interim gm he already traded uh uh daron lee or darren lee or i've never been able to no two people pronounce that guy's name alike i feel like anyway he's where where they sent him kansas city for like a yeah. six round pick yeah, which is which is like I've had the the Lee conversation with my Jets buddy of like what what could they realistically get for him? And I said, you know, I, I think in a good scenario, maybe you can squeeze out a fourth. Um, but realistically, you can't walk away with any less than a fifth because that's what Miami traded for uh, Stephon Anthony or whatever. Um, and that hasn't worked out. And Lee was taking that same class way sooner, it, or way earlier, like in the teens. Um, so at the end of the day, like they gave him up for, I don't want to say nothing, but definitely less than what I would have perceived his value would be, or at least keep him because he had a decent year last year. You mentioned they already pissed off Le'Veon Bell, it seems like. I don't have a problem with the Bell contract just because you're paying Sam Darnold nothing. Yeah. I mean, he's on rookie scale. I mean, you think about their their best players on defense are all rookie contracts, essentially, for the most part. So and what they're trying to do on offense when you're bringing those guys in, a lot of them are going to be on on young deals anyway. So I, I don't understand the point with that. But let's let's play a fun game here. Just if you can sort of visualize the New York Jets roster right now, who do you think Adam Gase gets rid of? Because the you know culture, because culture. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Rodney Anderson. There. Um. <laughs> I don't think he's going to jive with the Gase mentality. Um, he's already had some some screw-ups. Um, 
And like, I think Gase is going to play that as like, you're being selfish. Like you need to, to keep your, your house in order off the field. Otherwise you're not being part of the team where it's just like, I just don't want to deal with your shit. <laughs> um, how do you think it works with Jamal Adams? I think, I don't know. It's tough. Cause like Jamal Adams is just to that point where he's too good. Where like you, you really got to get over it. Miami didn't have any of those. Um, you know, I guess you could argue Sue, but I don't I don't feel like Sue wanted to be there either, so it didn't really matter. Um but like Sue I, never seems like he wants to be anywhere. No. Like where he is at that point it seems like he wants to be somewhere else. And like people talk about, you know, what about Josh Rosen's other interests and stuff? If there's a person to talk about other off the field interests and where their head's at, it was always Sue. You know, yeah. him and Mr. Warren Buffett hanging out all the time, like Sue, Sue's like, I, I can play football. Like, I'm pretty damn good at this, but like, I don't need football. So like, you're gonna you're gonna pull that on poor Josh Rosen there, where like Sue's been doing that for years. Nah. Um, funny thing about Adam can Sue, and it's a great point too because he's into the stock market. He's into like financial portfolios and everything. And you mentioned the the whole uh, sort of um canoodling with Warren Buffett. So the funny thing is, yeah, he just comes around and he look in, he can bench press a car essentially. Oh yeah. He's one of the strongest players I've ever seen in my life. Looks it too, but he, he just always seems like, yeah, you know, he seems like the kind of, kind of player where it's like, yeah, I got a financial portfolio. I think I might go sign a band or two. I'm going to start a label. Yeah. Things like he, that. He's, he's going to do whatever he wants at the end of the day. So, all right. Speaking of Josh Rosen, just because I think we have to, what do you think? How many times do we have to say the name Rosen on this show? I'm to, gonna, to I'm gonna be sick time. of him by the time the season starts. I can tell you now, Rosen, and it's Rosen, not gonna Rosen, be Rosen, remotely Rosen. his fault. No, 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 no. But now that we've had some time to ruminate on what the Dolphins did draft weekend, everything, do you feel? Have you you've had time to think about it? How are you feeling now? Do you feel more strongly about certain things or have you backed off on things that maybe gave you pause? Where are you right now? I will say I definitely stand in the same place. I think it was a good move. Dolphins needed a, a, a quarterback of some sort, especially a quarterback that gives them opportunity for to speed up that growth process. Um, but I will say, I think it was, can't remember if it was Kyle Krabs from the draft network group or um or Travis um one of them said that the best way to look at the uh the Rosen trade there is they didn't even give anything up they're kind of just like leasing that second round pick if you think about it cuz like mm-hmm. when they traded back and got that 2020 second round pick from the Saints they didn't lose their second round pick this year. They just set it aside for 12 months. So at the end of the yeah. day, they didn't give up anything besides a, a 2025th. Essentially, you got Josh Rosen for a 2025th. And with all that ammunition next year, people are like, oh, yeah, they can just draft. It could be a draft bonanza. If you're looking for a quarterback, all that becomes draft capital to move up. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so another, they didn't spend anything. At the end of the day, no. you, you potentially have a franchise quarterback already. Um, which I think, I think they go two years with Rosen. Um, I think there's a chance that Steven Ross loved Tua. 
Um, like he loved um, uh, Jackson, Lamar Jackson there. Um, I don't know if, again, 2020 class definitely looks way better at quarterback than 2019. But I think there's a chance that the 2021 class has two like legit franchise guys in um, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields staring you in the face. So would you rather play the two-year game with um, Rosen and then go after one of those two guys? Or a class that definitely guys that I would take over anybody in this past class, um, but may not be like world life changers. You know what I'm saying? What you just said there also validates further validates the Rosen deal. I mean, you're, you're getting you're using a low second round pick on a guy who would have been a high one in this draft. Yeah. I mean, if if you know if you were able to go ahead and move everything about him. Uh, you know, back a year to 2019, essentially. Yeah, I mean, at at the end of the day, I think, you know, based on where my grades were, Rosen would have been second quarterback in this class just because Kyler had such an unbelievable, unique skill set. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think if you, if Rosen's truly in this draft class, um, he's the second quarterback taken just because of that crazy skill set for Kyler. Yeah. Which I, I think most people accept, agree with, you know, strongly support. I think a lot of people would have Rosen as just behind Kyler Murray or behind Kyler Murray. I, I've seen a couple of people who have Rosen in front of them, but essentially it turns into a one-two for some people, one A, one B, whatever. The the point is you used a pretty low pick on a position that usually commands a high pick to procure it or just outright draft it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the funniest thing is, is that like the cards turned that pick, so they turned Rosen a third and a fifth from last year, and gained a twenty twenty fifth to select Andy Isabella. Like that blew mm-hmm. my mind. You're not a big fan of his uh, of him at that spot. At that spot, I I, I liked Andy Isabella a lot. Again, they drafted three wide receivers, uh, Zach Allen, who I loved, and Kyler Murray. I don't know if in their mind it's we're going to get the ball out with, you know, less than three step drops or if Kyler, you know, faces pressure and under two seconds, he'll just run away from it. But like he's not walking into a good situation just like Rosen walked out of a bad one. It didn't get any better just because you have more options to throw to doesn't mean you'll be able to get it to him. No, and, and exactly. And with a mobile, even though Kyler is a hyper-mobile quarterback, you still want to protect him. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of chatter about, I'm not saying you need to get him as franchise left tackle because in today's NFL, a lot of people have rationalized that when you're in the shotgun, left tackle pretty much it becomes, uh, I guess it, it kind of reverts back to the, I guess you'd say the mean in terms of importance. Some people think that. It's not as important when you're in the shotgun and you're not, you know, t- taking the ball from under center. Um, but the offensive line there is so bad. Yeah. And you think like, yeah, he's going to be able to escape pressure and everything, but you're going to get him killed. I mean, like, and that's not, I, I think you're going to have some fans who are probably holding their breath a little bit the first couple of times he takes a shot just because, I mean, the that's not a build you usually see on an NFL quarterback. 
but I, I think you want to minimize, obviously you want to minimize those shots. So I was surprised by that. I, I like their draft for the most part. Andy Isabel is the kind of guy that I would love to draft on day three. Uh-huh. And I was surprised because when they were showing that, that war room uh, hype or whatever you want to call it with Arizona, she always showed Steve Kime on the phone. He's, kind of, he's real gruff when he's on the phone too. I was surprised by that. But you know, when he's talking to Cliff Kingsbury and, and he, you know, they're talking about that Rosen deal and you know, Cliff's just like, Oh, Oh, Andy Isabel is on the board right there. <laughs> oh, 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 he's like, he's all hot and bothered over it. And they're just like, Oh man, you like a skill set. Right. And I get that skill set in his type of offense is really appealing. Um, For sure. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know. I, don't draft for need. You know, if that was your BPA, which I highly doubt it. Um, I mean, you could have sold me on taking Zach Allen there and then mm-hmm. Andy Isabel at the Zach Allen pick at 96 or whatever. Um, but whatever. Cards are the cards. It's their problem. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Yeah, I mean, like, and they they backed into some. I, I uh, it's not that they locked, but they did like some guys that, who I was surprised to see there. Zach Allen, I I was surprised to see available at that spot, like you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, I thought they got Hakeem Butler at a really good spot. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, and I mean, like, he's definitely going to become that safety valve. I think as they they morph that that offense into what Clint, Cliff Kingsbury wants to do. I wish I could go back and watch that video though. And then there's, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is just effusive when he's talking about Andy Isabella. It's like, oh man, kick can do it all. Love that skill set. You know, strong <laughs> route runner. My hands, man, he's fast. I was just like, man, these guys, <laughs> these guys are just nerding out right in front of the cameras right now. Um, but it was interesting because you just think it, it's funny because they never mention Rosen by name when they're sitting there on the phone and everything. So at, if you don't know the context, you don't. You, you wouldn't know the draft commodity they're trying to unload right now. Yeah. And did, so did it's you kind see, of funny. Did you see, speaking of they never mentioned him by name or whatever, um, did you see the report that came out about the communication to Rosen when they were taking Kyler? Uh, I I think I, I'm we're on the same page here in that like Cliff Kingsbury called him. He was always on the phone with his agent. Doesn't talk, sound like he's heard from Steve Kime at, at all. all. No, no, and supposedly silence. radio silence. Yeah, and supposedly, like a minute before they took Kyler, uh, Kingsbury called Rosen and was like, "Hey, Josh, um, we're gonna take Kyler. I don't know what happens now. Like, right. like what? Like you don't know what happens now? Like, I, I, it's not as much like, you know, this is really effed up. Like you guys really screwed Rosen over, but like." You don't know what happens now. Like you don't have some sort of game plan in place. Like what is going on? No, and so a couple of things there. You wonder is that just because Steve Kime did a really crappy job of communicating 
his plan to Cliff Kingsbury or was there just no plan? And they're just kind of just shooting from the hip. They're like, well, hope this works. And I have to say, based on how everything went through this draft process with the whole Rosen situation, I don't believe there was a plan. I think they lucked into some things there. I think the media has been, I think the media has been strangely kind to Arizona. I feel like if it had been the Dolphins doing that, the Dolphins would have been. That's exactly the word I was going to use. Just absolutely straight eviscerated by everyone. Like, you know, every willing party out there that the Dolphins totally blew this. Now, mind you, and I I don't mean to sit here and talk about like NFL media bias, but I mean, it does exist and it pisses me off. So, I mean, like it had the had the Patriots pulled this deal. It would be considered like the crime of the century. Yeah. So, well, well, I mean, look at when they when they dealt Jimmy G like. Yeah, I think getting a two for Jimmy G is really good, but didn't they take him in the second round as well? Yes. So they broke even, like, and people were acting like they like made the greatest trade in the world. It's like, no, you broke even, and you, I mean that is a good trade just because Jimmy G isn't good. Um, <laughs> but like, you don't think he'll um, injury aside, no. you don't think he can he can become something? No, formidable? no, no, Was no it, way. I, Let's talk about this for a second. I'm fascinated because I don't think we've had this discussion before. So do you think that that was just kind of like a fool's gold run he had at the end of uh, 2017? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, look at how many times Ryan Fitzpatrick has done. I mean, there's plenty of guys that have been, you know, well put together quarterbacks that can play good football in the NFL. But like, first of all, I I think best case scenario, he's kind of, Ryan Tannehill status, not not where he can carry your team, but if you have the right pieces and the right coaching, you can get where you need to go. Um, sure. But like that, that isn't what he's been sold to be, or what people were hyping him up to be, or even coming out in the draft, what he was hyped up to potentially turn into. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think if you have logical expectations of his play and what he could be. They're like, yeah, you're you're playing in the right ballpark. Everything's fine. But if you have like the the mass media, like U.S. media, they they're gonna be so off and so disappointed. Like, what happened to Jimmy G? Like, was it his injuries? Like, no, he was he was always just a really solid quarterback that can get the job done if you have the right pieces. Yeah. So all of that's to say that I I don't believe, even though some people have been writing stories that suggest that Arizona actually played this the right way. I think that the the right way was essentially I'm saying right way in air quotes by the way, uh essentially dictated to them by the Dolphins. Yeah. Because I don't well, I don't the, think what leverage did they have? Well it all went up in smoke on draft night when Daniel Jones and uh Dwayne Haskins were drafted. But we're both yep. going to the Giants and the Redskins, respectively, because those were the only other two teams that were really, in my opinion, on the table. I know you kept hearing about, nah, it could be the Chargers. I think the Chargers came up as a potential player. Uh, I honestly Friday. would have loved to see him on the Chargers, like take over for Rivers next year. I would have loved that for Josh Rosen, to be honest. Like, not, yep. not that I'm upset that he's on the Dolphins, but I think that would have been a great place for him back in L.A. Yeah, because he's from where? Manhattan Beach? I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean that would have been that would have been pretty cool. And I like you said, I mean, the heir apparent 
And for the Chargers, who every year we talk about, is this when the year they're going to replace Philip Rivers? I mean, yep. that would have that would have been a pretty sly way to do it. So, um, and talk about the polar opposite in terms of interest going from Philip Rivers to Josh Rosen. <clears throat> you want to talk about culture shock? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Josh Rosen oh, ain't man. having twelve kids anytime soon. No, so Philip Rivers is on what nine? I think <sighs> I thought he was on like nineteen. That yeah, that man just cranks him out. God bless his wife. <laughs> just, yeah, not. I thought nine, maybe just had a one to it. Whatever. Ugh. So, um, I feel I feel really good about the Rosen deal. I think the Dolphins got him for an insane price, and I love their draft. Still, have you had any time to look at additional film from guys like you know Dieter Van Ginkle? We went really Wisconsin heavy in this draft. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I got I got some more time to get into those guys. Um, I I'd say without Josh Rosen, I don't necessarily love the Dolphins draft, but I definitely see where they're going and what the points are. And with the picks that they had, it all made a hundred percent sense. Um, I think Dieter's going to be the starter at left tackle right out the gate. Um, you know, needs to clean up some some pass blocking. Wasn't a bad pass blocker by any means at Wisconsin, um, but definitely not his strongest area. But like, you'll be able to run. On the left side, no problem with him and Tunsil. Um, I think Van Ginkle, I, I actually went back uh, someday this week. Um, and Your tweets about him his, have been interesting, and, I, and I'm, I hope people see them. And I like, if you don't understand that he is going to play that Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy role, like, I'm sorry you don't understand defensive football. Like, it just is what it is. Like, if you go back even and just base it and look on Jamie Collins' combine and his pre-draft process, Kyle Van Noy's pre-draft process, and Van Ginkle's process, at the end of the day, they're all the same size. Jamie Collins had some stupid combine times, but Van Ginkle falls right in between his and Kyle Van Noy's. So at the end of the day, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to get him after the quarterback every now and then. He can definitely play off the ball and play in zone coverage. He's actually pretty good in zone coverage. Um, he owns that that buzz flat zone and uh, the the upper um, flats as well. At the end of the yeah. day, uh, I think that he's going to play a decent amount of snaps this year. I think you're going to see um, McMillan for sure on early downs. Um, potentially depending on what the scheme fully turns out to be, maybe maybe on some passing downs, you're going to see, um, I think, Kiko and Van Ginkle split snaps, depending on situational football. Um, and then I think Baker's going to play the most out of all of them because he's the guy that can run around and do the most out of them all. Yeah, I, I realize a lot of people are probably tired of people like us comparing the Dolphins to what the Patriots do. But... Like you mentioned, you look at guys like Van Ginkle and whatnot, and then uh, you look at some of the, these other guys, and it's like, yeah, you can understand from a from a Patriots flexibility chess match perspective, some of these guys in there, uh, Jerome especially. I, yeah. I think, oh yeah. Like, I think like he's just an absolute uh, Swiss Army knife in terms of um, just bringing like, not obviously. When he was drafted, people were like, wait, is he even 220? And he's going to play he, linebacker. He may legitimately play at like 215, to be honest. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, like, he is so fast and such a mismatch 
that I mean, like I love it. I think and you know that's that's an interesting thing for the most part. A lot of the third round picks made in the Gase era turned out to be pretty good for him. Yeah. So yeah, I, the the Dolphins have always done relatively well in like that three to five range. Um, you know, even going back to to Jeff Ireland, um, for some reason they've really done well in that that draft pick range. Um, but I mean, even even quickly going through the rest of the class there, I think I think Prince is fine as a developmental potential third swing guy. Um, real long, good run blocker, not a very good pass blocker at this point. Clicks his heels together way too often for my taste. Um, right. And then you have the the two backs in the seventh round, which I love Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin and um, Hill from Oklahoma Packed. State were my two. Oh, yeah. Uh, those were my two favorite running backs in the class, but like Cox too, like even just seeing some of the, uh, the mini camp footage and OTA footage and like even them doing like fundraisers. I was like, that dude is a really thick fullback slash running back kind of guy. Like maybe it's just cause we haven't seen a fullback in a while, but I was like, Oh my goodness. That, that guy looks like a linebacker. He's got that like Zach Thomas yeah. build. Yeah, he's enormous. Um, and I just feel like th- that he's the kind of player that other teams have just dropped in, on our heads so many times. So hopefully yeah. we can oh, yeah. switch that around. Um, we're kind of coming up on the, the half hour mark. Um, is there anything else you want to get out there before we go ahead and call it for a week? Were there any uh, undrafted free agent guys that you, you liked that they picked up? Hmm. I, I don't know. Just... I'm I'm not super I'm not completely sold on some of these guys yet cuz I mean you had all the chatter about Preston and whatnot um I don't know like I this is a year where with just everything going on right now I haven't really but usually I have a, a favorite or two of the undrafted guys we've brought in I'm not there yet so fair I will enough, say that fair. I was still I was hoping to just complete the the Wisconsin triumvirate in uh, <laughs> in in undrafted uh, free agency, and then uh, we just missed out on that one. How about yeah. you? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think the sexy one is is Preston Williams, um, but he's still got a lot to prove. Uh, there were people that made claims that you know there's a chance he could have been a first or second round talent. Like, go home, you're drunk, um, like. One year of production plus the off the field stuff, like best case scenario, he was a third, fourth rounder. Um, but where he ended up, we've seen way, way more, maybe not gifted, but experienced and well put together receivers go undrafted uh, before. Right. So it's not shocking. Um, I think the two guys that I really like that I think could stick and potentially even contribute this year are, um, the linebacker Hanks out of New Mexico State, um, when he was at the Senior Bowl, he was just running around a rock and dudes. Um, so he's he's a good backup uh, linebacker that can probably play more than likely inside. Um, and then uh, I don't know if he's going by Shaq Calhoun or which he he kind of goes back and forth between first names. I think but it's the Jack. guard from from uh, uh, Mississippi State. Um, he he played really well at Mississippi State, considering they had the wonkiest offense, um, because they didn't actually have a quarterback. They just had a, a pretty good tight end that could throw the ball. Um, 
Right. So at the end of the day, you know, uh, but he's a really good run blocker too. So the same thing that you were looking for in Dieter, um, you got the same kind of thing in him. So I think those two guys probably stick at the end of the day. I love that Dieter pick too. I can't get over that. Yeah. I think that was that was a good deal. I think that, that's going to end up paying dividends. So, all right, for Zach, my name is Keith. Thanks for joining us for I Hate the Fins show number 25. It's obviously kind of slim pickings out there right now in terms of what we can chat about, but that's okay. Uh, this is typically a week where we would take phone calls, but we don't have that feature with our current thing, which is weird to think at one point we were on a, an engine where even though it was really crummy, the only cool thing about it was you could take calls. Yeah, that was so. nice. Maybe maybe we'll go to like taking Twitter questions and stuff. Let's let's look into that. Maybe we'll go yeah, that'd that be route. Cool. Like, yeah, we'll we'll answer your most offensive questions, or we'll try to before <laughs> SB Nation shuts us down. So for Zach, my name's Keith. Thanks for joining us. This is I Hate the Fins number 25. We'll be back next week. You can check us out. Uh, I think our entire library is out there. I'll go ahead and post a link to that. In the meantime, uh, we'll talk to you later. Take care.